to episode 78 of Ribbon of Memes, a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by other residents of um, dystopian uh, concrete jungles, (laughs) reality, (laughs) as masterpieces. Um, I am Nick, and I am joined as ever by Roger. Hello. Hello, and we are back in our wheelhouse as we are uh, uh, discussing a science fiction film uh, specifically Joe Cornish's 2011 science fiction creature feature Attack the Block hmm mm. and uh, now I yeah I'm sorry well, I was just going to say that uh, this got I, I remember people talking about this at the time it was released but I think it has attracted a certain amount of attention because of what two of the actors went on to do, I I think it, it created a, a, a certainly a stir at the time. But I agree with you, um, which we'll, we'll come on to. Um, so Joe Corn, I, I was interested in this film because I knew Joe Cornish because I used to watch um, the Adam and Joe show and listen to their Radio Six um, program. So um, Adam Buxton and Joe Cornish were two. Uh, basically they videotaped their own show and sent it into Channel 4 and got their own show out of it. Okay. Um, yeah, so they were always been a sort of a success story in that sense, but they've always been slightly outside of the mainstream because of that. They never really went in and did the studio stuff. They just kind of videotaped it themselves. There was a, and I, I always enjoyed it. They did a lot of parody. They were clearly nerds. They did a lot of parodies using their Star Wars figures. Um, uh, and they did a lot of musical aspects, um, mm-hmm. uh, comedy musicals. Um, so they were always, uh, very funny to me, but quite, um, middle class white kids. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, being a middle class white kid myself, um, you know, <laughs> I, I felt like they were my people, um, but, uh, uh, not to diss them in any way, diss them, dear me, I don't know, like <laughs> trying to fit in with the film, uh, but not to, um, uh, uh, not to denigrate that at all, uh, I, I just, that this film I suppose slightly surprised me where it came from in that context, um, so they, they did the show for a long time, they both loved films, they often talked about films on the show, then Joe um, Cornish... Friend, friends of what you might call the Simon Pegg axis, um, Edgar Wright yes. and Frost, uh, I, I think they, um, Cornish at least was, was on the on the U, US press tour for Hot Fuzz, and, and yes. made a documentary about that. Yes, I certainly think they know Edgar Wright quite well. Um, uh, but they're in. You're right. They're in that entourage of um, of, of people. Um, I've, I've always been fascinated because um, Joe Cornish suddenly becoming famous like this basically split up Adam and Joe and it's it's always interesting to hear you know what a partnership does when one gets incredibly famous and moves on anyway that's beside the point because we're not talking about Adam and Joe particularly but that's how I knew Joe Cornish and why I was interested in this film mm. uh, which I was uh, which is he, told... his, his first uh, film directed he, he he had been a writer on the adventures of Tintin which came out about the same time as this or same year anyway. oh he he wrote it, but I, I thought but, but this, he this became is his a writer first time on the strength as, of this. This is his first time as a film director. Okay, and it's uh, this is a, a, a kind of a, um, auteur film, and I think he wrote it and produced it and directed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, he really had a lot of control over it. 
Yeah, and it's so uh, Edgar Wright is an executive producer, which, as far as I can see, is mostly you represent the money people. So yeah, yeah, but he had pretty much free reign on this, and I was um, I was kind of under the impression whenever you, it's, it's sort of a a comedy sci-fi is what I was told it was um, along mm. the lines of, and so knowing where it came from. I was under the impression it was like Shaun of the Dead or that sort of thing, you know, much more outright comedy. Um, whereas this isn't really. It's got certainly uh, got funny dialogue, um, an interest in an interest, but it, I I think it's primarily an action movie. Yeah, and it, it's movie. the thing I always say is the sort of comedy I like, where there's funny stuff. It's stuff that still comes from the people and who they are and the situations they're in and so on. Yeah, the, the plot is more important than the. The comedy, in a way, and so that there's there's funny lines and the way the characters react is funny, but the situations are very real. Mm. Um, so we have, um, well, we have an interesting. I I had no idea that Jodie Whittaker was in this, um, who is yeah. now obviously a, uh, a a Doctor Who, uh, one of the I don't forget where I've lost count of the Doctors. I'm afraid, but one of the Doctors, fourteenth um, or fifteenth or something like that. Um, uh, but uh, I think she's relatively unknown here. She might have done some TV work before this. I think she was a comedian mostly. Oh, okay. But she's uh, the reason I home in on her. Is she's the first. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm wrong. I, I just tend to assume that be- people who uh, play Doctor Who these days tend to tend to have experience as comedians. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, yeah. Um, no, she she'd done a few things. Um, nothing, I think, huge. Well, she is introduced as uh, the the nurse Sam uh, walking home from a shift uh, when she is set upon by a gang of uh, youths. Um, uh, some black, some white, but all um, clearly kind of gang culture Londoners. Um, yeah. And this is something we're going to come back to, but I, I'd like to call it out in this scene particularly. Uh, really interestingly portrayed. We can see how, A, how she's thinking and how, how she is becoming scared and so on, but also yes. B, how they're thinking. And I think they, they probably don't particularly want, they, they didn't set out thinking we're going to rob the next person to come down this street. But no. she has seen them and she is scared of them and they can't, and they've got, so they've got to scare her more and, and, at, they can't let her go because that 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 the tough guys. You can't yeah. just let people go when you're the tough guys. Even, even you know they probably didn't especially as we see, but they didn't especially want what she had on her. Yeah, but it was it's, just it's, it's a thing you got to do because the things that have led to you being here are the things you got to do. Well, it, she almost quickly assumes the role of victim, and so they kind of step up to the role of muggers. It, it's it's interestingly done, isn't it? Yeah, that it's um, it's frightening. Um, because I, at this point of the film, we're basically with Sam for the mm. most part, and so we feel like, you know, uh, we're being, uh, accosted, uh, and mugged. But you're right, it, it, it's interesting that in retrospect, you see this kind of build up of the social dynamic, which already, you know, that to me is like, well, this isn't a comedy. <laughs> mm. Um, and this is interesting. Uh, it, it's an interesting start to what I thought was going to be a science fiction comedy film. Um, and hmm. we have this kind of, I don't know about a gritty, but fairly realistic feeling, uh, pretty scary situation for Sam to be in. And then, from then on, we kind of, 
I wouldn't say we lose Sam, but actually the focus shifts off her and we find ourselves focusing on this uh, gang of kids led by Moses. Mm. Um, and it's, it's hard because uh, the film has kind of gone out of its way to uh, lose your sympathy for them. Um, yeah, which is an interesting choice for the start of the film. I think you don't you start off just feeling like Sam feels towards them, and then the film basically spends the rest of the time kind of winning you over. Is that fair to say? Uh, without yes, like, but without getting very, trite about it. Exactly, it's not like oh they've all got a heart of gold or anything. It just it follows them on. They don't change as people. They're not. They're not different to the people who mugged Sam in the first place. But what it does is it, you just understand them a, a bit better, mm. but not even in a, exactly as you say, not in a trite way. It's not like... It, it, um, it's not, I forgive you, I'm going to welcome you into my house or anything like that. It's just, okay, I have some idea of why you are who you are. Who you are is still not a person I particularly like. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you can understand how they were that way. Yeah. And it's... it's um, it's an interesting start because straight away we've got some kind of social commentary um, which I would say is more interesting to me and more effective than some of the films we've watched that are directly about social commentary mm. um, and it's in a genre film where there's other exciting things happening um, so uh, yeah I, I, I very much credit that opening because it, it undercut my expectations in a lot of ways I was expecting like a uh, middle class white kind of sci-fi comedy and I got this um, uh, pretty sort of I I don't want to say gritty but sort of realistic look at urban London Hmm. Um, and then Aliens Land and Alien Uh, Land Land, (laughs) um, which the youth promptly go and kick the shit out of um, because it tries to bite them yeah, it's, it, it scratches Moses first, and then yeah. yes. Um, and so they have a, an alien corpse, which they carry up to the the kind of the blocks, the block in question being a high rise um, tower of the particularly depressing type we seem very good at making in the UK. Yeah, well, if if you look, there's there's this thing about residential towers. Uh, the original design for them. Uh, which I don't think was Le Corbusier, but it was, it was somebody of that sort of era. Yes. Was that, say, say you've got a 200 foot tall tower. The, a crucial part of the design was that it's surrounded by the same radius of parkland. Right, yes. So every, everybody has green to look out at. Yes. And that Didn't... was the first thing that went when they started actually building the things because, you know, it's the 1960s, 1950s, holy crap, we have nowhere to put all these people. We have yeah. lots of bomb sites. The slums were all... even worse. But... <laughs> it's all done in this kind of brutalist architecture, which can work, but just frankly doesn't when it's not done with care and love, which they, which you weren't, they weren't. Done. Yeah, one of these days um, we, we we may have an architecture podcast, and I know I think we both know exactly the person we want to have on that. But this is this is possibly not the film for that one. <laughs> yeah, no, possibly not because it doesn't dwell too much uh, upon it. Um, but yeah, it, it it is a grim high rise, and any 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 British person knows exactly what you mean when you say that. Yes, and it's funny that um, I, there are a fair share of grim, like the projects uh, and areas in America, but there's something particularly British. It's a very British feeling uh, 
uh, working class and sub-working uh, I don't mean sub-working class but underclass kind of area um, yeah I mean what, one of the one of the obvious pressures on these kids is that it is clear that nobody has ever expected them to be anything other than the high-rise kids and that again we get we'll, we'll come back to it but that is commented on in a in a sort of subtle and well done way mm. I think but so the kids um, uh, who we are starting to learn the characters um, uh, but Moses is clearly the leader and the others follow him go up to the um, the home of the local drug dealer um, or the flat of the local drug dealer where we have the sort of the one uh, sort of connection to its background in a way that we have Nick Frost uh, of course popping up as a sort of amiable um, drug lieutenant I suppose. I, I have I have a reasonable amount of time for Nick Frost but I, I feel yes. this is not a role that stretches him Not really, he's doing his kind of uh, amiable Amiable, British lazy yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah He does have one of the best lines in the film I think which is it smells like a shit done a shit <laughs> which uh, tickled me anyway um they they drag this thing up um and ask to hide it in the the kind of uh i don't know how realistic it is to have a huge kind of ultraviolet weed center in a high rise block probably possibly don't know but they do have this um uh perfect weed garden in the center uh, upper center of this high rise tower where they store the um dead alien thing Mm-hmm. I, th- I think mostly on the basis that it, it it's reasonably secure. Nobody else, yes. will, well, nobody else is going to take it off, because apart from anything else, they're too scared of the dealer who owns the room. <laughs> yes, exactly. I wouldn't have thought it'd be that cool, though. You would have thought you'd want somewhere a bit refrigerated, but it's fine. Um, uh, High hats is the uh, the guy who also gets uh, Moses involved in his first. Um, uh, first entrusted with a bit of um, weed to sell to try mm. and shift. Um, yeah, I mean he he is the boss of Ron and clearly a bunch of other dealers in other places. Yes, yeah, he's, he's clearly a bigger than just this block. Um, and then we, uh, well, I guess we follow them around as more more aliens start to land. Um, and and they, these are not quite as easy to beat up. No, these ones are bigger and hairier and have entirely dark they seem to be blind are they blind uh, but they have glowing they, they don't seem to be impaired by smoke and so on at least no uh, it's kind of implied their smell is their prime sense I suppose um, but they have fluorescent blue teeth which led to some interesting <laughs> um, offline discussions as to what kind of I, I do feel that yeah I, I, I can't really see one that, that would, would, would make that reliable I mean any, anything luminescent is a large metabolic cost and it, it's got mm. to pay off somehow the only thing I could think of was something that wasn't blind hunting blind things so it can see I don't know if your teeth would be the best place to put that and these <laughs> things do seem to be blind anyway so I'm not sure that works mm. um, I mean or, it looks good it's, it it's does properly, look cool it's properly I mean, menacing 
It is. Partic- think- particularly in the shot where they're introduced, where you just, you just see a pair of lights. And, is that its eyes? No, no, that's much nastier than its eyes. Yes, it's. I mean, as far as uh, evolution aside, it's cool design, and also lets them get away with a bit because we got these basically shaggy outlines with teeth. You, you never really see much more closely mm. than that. You you get a good look at the, as we find out later, the female of the species. You never really get a close look at the males. Um, yeah, I mean they they did do quite a lot of post production work on those. It, it was. More, I think it was more or less gorilla suits. Uh, well, it seems to be probably the post production was more to um, just tone down the colour, really. So well, you can't the, really the, make them. Yeah, the, the, the post production add, added the, the fur, some of the fur effects and, as you said, mm. the colour of the fur. I think the claws and the jaws were also post production. Okay. Well, that makes it. It'd be hard to do that. But um, it's very effective. I mean, they are clearly not of this earth. Mm. Um, but they're also clearly. Uh, kind of animal level intelligence they're not um yeah they don't, they don't seem to be thinking creatures no and again I, 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 I'm kind of expounding the plot a bit more than some of the other just because I, I just I love this sort of stuff mm. <laughs> it's just interesting I've already got well the interesting thing I, you, at this point in the film you don't even really like the characters but they're interesting enough and it's interesting yourself you kind of by this point for me at least I was kind of trusting the film to yeah, take and me somewhere interesting. On the one hand, I don't particularly like these people, uh, but on the other hand, I don't especially want to see them horribly murdered either. So yes, yeah, it has a feel a bit like aliens at first. You know, when the marines are a bit kind of in your face, and into, and you're seeing them from Ripley's point of view, and you're like, oh, who are these dickheads? But then you get to like them, over, and then you get to love them, and you know, uh, it never quite gets to that level, I think, here because. Mm as aliens um, but uh, it, it, it feels like it's sort of going for a, a similar thing um, perhaps Yeah. but then we have a, a, basically a, it turns into a, a, a tactical fight for survival from then on well Moses uh, they start to track down and then pretty rapidly discover these aliens are not going to be quite so easily dispatched as the first one they lose uh unlike the artist which we talked about last week the dog has less of a starring role in that (laughs) it's almost instantly murdered by the alien creature um and then the police show up um and they are almost instantly murdered by the um by the creature now they're on the lookout already for moses um and it's interesting, again, there's some kind of subtle social commentary here and that uh, Sam's given a description, but it's pretty nondescript, honestly, and you get the feeling these kids would have been picked up anyway, mm-hmm. whatever happened. Um, and so you, you can almost understand... Yeah, yeah, we might as well mug people because we're going to get picked up for doing it anyway. Um, uh, but Moses is quite keen to get picked up in this instance so he doesn't get murdered. Um, Not that it helps, especially... No, well then he's locked in a van, and then Sam kind of joins the the troop. Um, oh, she's brought down. Was she brought down to identify him? I think um, so. Yeah, but but um, once the police start getting getting murdered, she locks herself in the cage. Yes. To, but yeah, when when when, uh, when 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 yeah, Moses is asking to be let out, and eventually she comes to the point of, well, you know, you are obviously terrified. Why, what, I might as well let you out, and then she puts herself in there. Unfortunately, not she... not thinking to uh, secure the latch, but well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a stressful situation. moment. <laughs> <laughs> and then, kind of doing it blow by blow probably doesn't really work because what we have yeah. then is a sort of a succession of 
fights and slow realizations of of what they're up against um we have uh, a moment with high hats uh, who's extremely upset with moses um for getting pinched pretty quickly um and losing his weed um uh but it, they gradually realize oh, this is, I, I don't have many niggles with the film but we do have the moment where we have the the kind of author stepping in and saying right this is what's happening and I'm going to have one of the characters that say maybe it's this thing just so you know exactly what the situation is that they come up with a theory which turns out to be exactly right yeah as far as we can tell there are an awful lot of assumptions going into that theory and also I mean dispersion works all right in the sea but the space sea is, is very big. not quite as big as space. I mean, <laughs> these things would have to be moving. There would either have to be a lot of them, like a lot, and they would have to move at some percentage of light speed, mm-hmm. I think, to make it viable. Anyway, I probably mean, shouldn't think about it too much. Yeah, all right. I, I, I grew up reading Anne McCaffrey in the Pern books, so, you know. The, the... Uh, yeah. The idea of interplanetary infection is is not a completely alien one to me, and it didn't work there either. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. The the thing is, there might be a lot of planets and stars in the universe, but they are very very far apart. Thing, um, the thing that did occur to me is you you could consider it a bit like Predator, except instead of hunters, they're sex tourists. <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! Except they are they seem to be not intelligent. Um, yeah, but uh, they, they're in space. They get into space somehow. Well, that's never explained it, but it doesn't matter. I, I guess my point well, is... Yeah, that... Maybe you know, the, the, the young eat the entire planet and convert it into more aliens, and, and then it just sort of disperses somehow. <laughs> I, you yeah, could this, explain the, the film does not go into detail. The, I'd be, I kind of trust it, and I'd be happy for it to be explained in a later, you know... It's not so much a plot hole as this is going to need a lot of explanation. And let's face it, they could simply be wrong in terms of the explanation they come up with. They could. Just barely right enough for for the thing they build on it to work, but there are other reasons why that might happen, so yeah. Yeah, I, but it, it did slightly irritate that. So this is Bruce, Bruce, um, the, the kind of, posh kid who's trying to be down with the uh with the 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 londoners basically um and uh it's just the f- i don't know it felt a bit like he's the one who's educated so he's the one who you know that science he felt like he had the um science exclamation mark skill which means he can instantly uh do all the mm-hmm. science stuff um but he comes up with this theory that that yeah they're they're not intelligent creatures, they're dispersing throughout the universe like uh, insects or parasites and that the thing they killed at first was a female and that it is giving off a ton of pheromones, which is what the males are attracted to, because um, it's basically these creatures land on a planet, have it away and then disperse again. Um, but having killed the female, they've spread pheromones all through the block. Well, particularly over... having dragged their trophy around, around the place <laughs> to show yeah. it off, yeah. And I did, so the, the explanation I, I found was slightly irritating, but I like the it, fact it's that the basically, weak spot, yeah. it's, but they've created this situation entirely by themselves, particularly Moses, um, in that, the, you know, they've dragged it right to the centre of the block now, and now they're in real trouble. Um, uh, but well, by at this the point, same we, time, I mean, somebody smashes your face, you can't let that go, can you? Exactly, exactly. Um, and we've, we've grown to, 
a bit like Sam, really. We, I mean, we sort of Sam's an important character, at, at least in the sense that we sort of follow her journey of understanding, never quite relaxing around them and never quite liking them, mm-hmm. but uh, knowing them. And I guess when you know people, they become less scary. And so I, that's kind of what happens in this film that you get to know the muggers, um, and they turns out they're people too, and they've got reasons for doing what they do. Um, it's, it's a nice light touch hmm. to it's, it. I, we've we've seen a lot of very heavy-handed social commentary, and I and I'm very happy to take this one out and say, yeah, he gets it right for me at least. I think so, and I was I was very surprised at the sort of film it was. But yes, we learn. Uh, yeah, we learn about, and it, there's nothing like this. As you say, it's not trite. There's no like. Oh, my dad died when I was young, and so I had to live this life for Christ. They're just living their lives, and they're not asking for sympathy. They're just like, well, this is the way it is. Mm. Um, uh, Though, one thing that did strike me, um, yeah, consider some of the other films we've watched that deal with alien invasions, like something like The Day the Earth Stood Still. Mm. Um, it's all very much, it, it, it's handled at high level, you know, they, they, there are you know, the military radar stations tracking the, the thing in and all the rest of it. And here, I mean, we don't even know if the authorities are aware of what's going on. If they are, they certainly aren't doing anything about it. You know, there there are no broadcasts saying stay in your homes. There are, there are no anything else. But these are not the, the kind of people that uh, would look to authority in that situation. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I mean, I, I agree, but it, it should be obvious because this would be one of those situations of we want to tell everybody that they're in danger. They, they would be sending yes. out helicopters with loudspeakers and stuff. I mean, the police do show up. Uh, yeah, but they do, in they show up in, numbers. in the context of we've got this gang, <laughs> and we've got some police officers been murdered. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's no. They show up in pretty heavy uh, uh, forces, but yes, there's no. Uh, there's no suggestion that they know about what's going on, other than shit. We've had some some um, policemen down here. Um, it's, it's got particularly bad in this in this place tonight. Um, yeah, and. Uh, well, so then we have the kind of the revelation, which I think is, I, I think it worked for me, uh, and is quite clever, is that, you know, Sam suddenly realises that Moses is 15. Um, I thought that worked quite well. Did that work for you? Was that a surprise mm-hmm. or did it? Yeah, I, I thought it was a nice, again, it felt like another, they didn't make too much of it. It's just, I suppose it's just the implication of what his life has been like if he's 15 and it doesn't make much of it otherwise but it's just I thought yeah. that worked really well to me and yeah it's just well you know he he, you you could say things about you know lack of male role models and so on well I mean, let's face it we don't we don't see a lot of adult women either um, no there, there, there are the um, four young women who I think probably same sort of age as, as, the, as the guys in the gang more or yes, less. I think so. And there, there, there is. I think there's an old woman who's some, who's um, Sam's neighbour, but we don't really see other adults at all. Yeah, it's except really for, except the, for the dealers. <laughs> except for the dealers, they're the they're close the closest thing they have to authority figures. And terrible as they are, they don't just immediately assume like the police that they've done something wrong and they're going to arrest them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's I, I, it worked well for me as a yeah. I, I I won't go on about the light touch social commentary, but it's it's it, it's well done. 
uh, as, as Moses does his, his final heroic act um, of, of blowing all the aliens up um, as well as his, his old flat um, and it's not it's not light on the the well it's not, it's not particularly gory but it is not a, it's not afraid to kill these kids either <laughs> is, that, is that okay yeah. to say that you know we have a couple of deaths in the gang um, and by this point you become attached to them and you realise they are kids and they don't deserve they certainly don't deserve what they get um, and it's it feels again it felt a bit like aliens when you start to care about the marines and then they're dead um, yeah the, these guys have slightly, slightly more excuse for acting like non-combat trained fools but <laughs> Well, yeah, that's uh, I, I think got... very very important point for me. Uh, just after the explosion, I mean, M- Moses has leapt out of the window to try to escape from the blast. Yes, and he he's he's clinging to the balcony, and he gets him. He's not helped by anybody else. He gets himself back in. Yeah, because that nothing else would be true to his character at that point. He's great. Now we haven't actually talked about John M. Boyega, who is the other. Um, uh, well, he's the other famous guy who is, went on to do Star Wars on the strength of this. Um, yeah. I don't know how old he was at filming. I'm sure he's older than 15. This, this is definitely his first film, uh, first film role. He, he, I mean, he'd done acting school. He, he'd had a couple of theatre roles. Uh, he's born, born in 92, so he's 19 when it comes out, probably 18 or so when it's filmed. Oh, so not far off. Um, but he's, he's great in it. I mean, I, all the performances are great. But I, I think, I think you're right that the weak link probably is Nick Frost in the sense he's really not stretching himself. But it's not, it's not a big role, to be fair. Yeah, and I, I, I don't, I don't mind it. He's just not very. I mean, the guy who plays Hi Hats is uh, um, quite interesting. To Jumaine uh, Hunter, I think. Um, all the kids are. I mean, they're not quite. Child actors, but they're certainly teen actors, um, and that. But, could but be... they manage to project distinctive personalities rather yeah. than I am gang member number three. Yeah, it's it's well done. Um, yeah, I, I, I will admit I haven't actually seen um, any any of the any of Boyega's stuff in Star Wars because I, I haven't seen I haven't caught up with those films. Uh, I don't think he's, he's well. I think he's very good in them. He's just not got. <laughs> he's just not got much to do in the last few films. But um, yeah, uh, he, I, he's also in Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, oh, is as, he? As, as I've not seen role. any of the Pacific. So, is that a sequel to Pacific? Yeah, Rim? Oh, yeah. Blimey, I've not seen. Uh, <laughs> I probably should. I might, but uh, uh, no, I haven't. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and then I, I really like the, the ending. Um, well, basically, you know, this is his hero moment, but what he gets is arrested, even though, um, you know, and Sam, uh, is assumed not to be part of the problem. Mm-hmm. She's a white female, and, and, you know. Who, who speaks, uh, who speaks nicely. Who speaks, uh, you know, received pronunciation, and I, I guess you could say, well, she's the one who, will, um, uh, Reported the crime in the first place. Clearly, she's not the problem. But it, it's kind of implied that you know this is just assumed that these are the kids who did the, did it. And she's saying, no, you don't arrest them. It's just ignored. Um, and yeah, I I thought I felt mm, I don't know. I mean, the the film ends very abruptly. I I think it would be fair to say that it's at least a plausible reading to say that yes, they're still going to be arrested and carted off, but with Sam saying, no, no, it wasn't like that. They, they might well get away without, you know, major charges. 
I think they probably, to be fair, I think they probably will, but there, it's there, just... there is certainly a lack of witnesses. There's also the thing, I mean, the last thing we hear is the cheering outside. Yeah, and it's, it's nicely done that everyone, uh, well, at least the block appreciates Moses, even if yeah. the authorities don't. And I just, um, the authorities here are a hopeless and kind of malign force. Um, uh, and, and yeah, the kids are left fend for themselves. And I just, so for me, it worked, it worked just as an action film. Hmm. Uh, some, some of it, some of the camera work I felt got a bit on the confused and jerky side. I yes. That's a, a thing that's easy to do in an action film. Uh, but it, it worked, I, I was surprised it also worked just as a, you know, interesting uh, commentary on society. My slight complaints about Attack at the Block were it probably works almost better as a social commentary than it does as a science fiction film. Uh, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a creature feature. Um, and I mean, if, if you took some, the, the ethos of Shaun of the Dead or, or Hot Fuzz and said, right, now we're going to do an alien invasion film, yeah, you might well get something not completely unlike the, the ebb and flow of that. But then you add these particular interesting characters and you get something rather more, I think. I think so. I, I think it's a really, um, it certainly felt like it said more to me about society and about humans than Never Let Me Go did. Mm. If I'm honest. <laughs> um, which just felt, I didn't kind of fundamentally believe Never Let Me Go. Whereas although this was, you know, it had bonkers science fiction stuff, it just felt, as you say, the characters stayed true to themselves and it wasn't trite and it didn't compromise them and it didn't, it didn't force you to feel one way or another, particularly, or if it did, it was a very light touch. Yeah, it I mean, it, well. it, and it, it's not trying to say here is the answer. It, it, it's saying if anything, well, we don't, if there are any answers, we don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, in, it was quite well received in the UK. Um, I think it was the num- number three in its opening weekend, um, just after Fast Five, in fact. Um, okay. Yes, and um, but it, it was a relatively small opening. Um, there was some delay in putting it into North America. They they were worried about the voices and so on. Yeah, you know, are we going to have to subtitle this and so on? Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it, it, it had a two month release. Um, I think it hit sixty six cinemas total. It, it really wasn't a big thing. Wow. Okay. So it didn't didn't really register in the US at all. So I mean, I. I I don't know how quickly a cinema chain can respond to this sort of thing. It, it, it's, it got very good reviews. I don't know whether audiences were less happy with it, but I suspect even if, once you've committed to a limited run like that, I suspect it's very hard to expand it. I, short of it being like stratospheric and then being like, we're going to make tons of money if we open it up, I think it's unlikely to change once you've started like that. I agree. Yeah, so in, in the end, it, it took it grossed about half in the US what it had in the UK. So, okay, did it make? Was it a flop then? I think it was almost a flop. Well, I mean, in, in the end, it's an eight million budget and a four point one million return. So yes, yeah, so it was, but, which but is it, a real shame, particularly since you have to chop that return at least in half to account for what the cinema's share of it. Yeah, um, so, so it was. Yeah, but it didn't seem to do any harm to the reputations of. The people in it, Joe Cornish went on. Uh, I think he might be doing a sequel to the film. 
I don't know how I feel I about that. I haven't heard anything about a sequel. I mean, you may well be right. Uh, uh, the, I think John Boyega um, said something about it, he, and he's got much more of an influential voice now, having been in Star Wars. I, th- I think it's one of those films that sort of influenced the right people, even if it didn't quite connect with audiences, in that um, it hit enough people in the film industry who were impressed with things about it, that it still helped the careers of people involved, even though it was a flop. Looking at Cornish, the only other film he's he's, uh, directed since this is The Kid Who Would Be King, which is, you know, fantasy action adventure, young boy finds Excalibur, blah, blah, blah. Did Uh, he have something to see with Ant-Man? Yeah, he he was one of the writers. Yeah. Uh, which might be why he's returning to attack the block. But I, I certainly remember at the time it being a surprise. Partly because I was sort of following Adam Buxton and his podcast and, and, and listening to how it was difficult for him that, um, Joe Cornish suddenly got very famous. Um, uh, and was mixing with all the Hollywood stars. So I, I, I suppose mm. maybe in my mind he, he became more famous than he was. But, uh, it, it was certainly influential. Uh, yeah, I mean, as as we've said, the, t- the two leads, and they they are very much the two biggest roles. I, I think yeah. even Whitaker's somewhat underused. It's not not much of a part. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, I bit, agree. the bits she's on screen for are good. Yeah, but she could she could certainly get more of them. Um, yeah, and they, they've both gone on to significant SF roles. So, yeah, which is no bad thing. Yeah, I, I've been quite... All right, I, I saw Jodie Whittaker's first season, which was the one where they decided not to go back into the continuity mine and, and just dig up all the dead things and just tell, try to tell some original stories, and some of them were okay and some of them were quite terrible. But yeah. the acting was good. I, I haven't actually want, wanted to watch the, her, her second or later stuff where, where it's, okay, now we're going to dig up all the deep lore again. And now the Cybermen are coming and the darling. I I feel... About her, like I feel against about pretty much all the Doctor Who's. They're the great, interesting actors and interesting, uh, really well, uh, are very watchable. Just the plots are utter nonsense and I, I just can't deal with them. More so of modern Who, I think. Mm, well, when I was young, it was not a meaningful question to ask, are you a fan of Doctor Who? I mean, it was one of the four science fiction programs that were on, <laughs> so you watched it. Because, because was it a thing where you were like, are you like Seven or are you Doctor Who or was it just... Um... It, it may have been, but um, there, there was like Seven, there was Space 1999 and that was pretty much it of, of the stuff that was out there, at least yeah. in my perception. So yeah, yeah, asking whether you were a fan was, was not sensible because it was a thing you watched because it was there. Yeah. The idea yeah. that you could choose to be a fan of it or not was ju- just not nothing. I mean, we, we were if kids. you were a science fiction fan in general, then you watched Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and lots of other people did as well. I didn't, anyway. I won't, uh, it's probably another time to talk about modern and old Doctor Who. But, yeah, uh. It could be a special sometime, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, but she's certainly, uh, uh, I've got no problems with her as Doctor Who. I thought she's very good. Yeah, as, as far as her chunk of it is concerned, I've, I've been impressed. Yes. Less so with the writing, but that's mm-hmm. um, the case with pretty much all modern who, so I, I feel the same. <laughs> um, I, I think perhaps I, I would like to tag, I mean, we've talked occasionally about toxic, toxic masculinity before, and I think this is doing a really good job of showing how hollow it is. 
Yes, and how sort of superficial it is as well. I mean, it, it, it's not making these people happy. It's just this is this is what you do because this is what you do because this is the thing you can do. Yeah, this is what all you this is what impresses your mates, and this is um, at least for the next ten seconds, which is all you can hope for. Yeah. Well, that, again, it goes back. I, there, there, I, I felt there was. I couldn't pin it down for you, but I felt there was a point at which Moses is thinking, you know, I just want to disengage from this, but I can't yeah. because my guys are watching me, and, and they 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 will lose respect for me if I don't do the brave, stupid thing. Well, yeah, he, he he's well acting. That it's nothing that is said particularly, but you get the impression he's he really is smarter than all of this. Um, but he he's trapped um, by the system, and he's in this. And he—it's not that he's unhappy, or th- but it's yeah, it's um. Mm. I, as we've said a few times on Ribbon of Memes, uh, it's it's genre fiction, it's science fiction that that hits on an interesting topic and does it well and not too heavy-handed. And I feel does it better than other films. I mean, I hesitate to call Never Let Me Go genre fiction because it's almost as scared to be <laughs> science fiction, isn't it? Um, uh, whereas this has got science fiction on its sleeve. It's a kind of a dumb action movie, but it's it's well populated by interesting characters. I find that much more interesting than mm. a, a po-faced examination of I like Vera Drake. Dare I say it? You know, <laughs> I, I like Vera Drake well enough, but. I, I think if you wanted, if somebody set out to make a film about, you know, modern London racism, gang culture, all the rest of it, yeah, this is not the film that they would make, and it would probably not be as good a film. Yeah, I agree. Even, not, even too... in terms of dealing with that specific subject. Well, I think what I like is is kind of what you said. It's not, it's not really saying the film isn't about this. Uh, we're not coming up with a solution. We're not trying to explain it. We're just kind of showing. How it is? The, the, these are the, these are where you can end up. These are the people yeah. you can end up as. Given the starting it, points, yeah. What it does well, I guess, from a perspective of someone who doesn't live that life and doesn't know, is to show you that they're human beings. You mm. know, and I think that's a laudable goal in itself. <laughs> Good job, Joe, and all involved. I I like. Is it a masterpiece for you, Roger? It's on the edge, but on balance, I would say yes. I mean, as you said, there there are a couple of things where it slightly drops the science fiction ball. Yes, and yep. there, there are definitely things I would like to change about it if I had the making of it. Not yes. to say I could make it in the first place, but yes. overall, yeah, I'm I'm not going to say a film must be perfect, and therefore, yes, I, I will I will accept this as a masterpiece. I think I will too, because I'd like to see more of that. It's just exactly what I like, really, science fiction. Uh, but really, the best science fiction is really about the people. Well, that's not true. Sometimes the concepts are great. Here, it's more about the people. But it's well done. I was surprised. I was moved. I like the characters. It's not aliens for me, but it's, it's mm. in that category of here are some people I care about that I'm slightly surprised that I care about in a dangerous situation. It's and good. some of them cope well and some of them do not cope well. Yeah. 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 And some of them cope well and bad things happen anyway because it's that sort of <laughs> world. Because it's that sort of world, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if I would be interested in a sequel, but it could surprise me. I, it would depend a lot on, on how it was done, what it was about. 
Yeah, and yeah. For a start, if you, if it's another alien invasion, you're stretching plausibility. <laughs> Already, yeah, unless there's some link to it. But yeah, I I would probably watch it, but... With I, I, I won't automatically say, no, no, it can't be done. Yeah. Well, I, I, tr- I feel like I trust the filmmakers here. Mm. Um, good, we liked it. I, I liked it uh, probably... Well, it's a bit like we just talked about the artist last week, and... It was almost the opposite in a way for me here. This was much deeper than it appeared at first, and I feel like the artist was a bit shallower than I was expecting it to be. Mm, I, I, interesting I remember vaguely positive buzz for this at the time, but it was just yet another, you know, people talk about it for a few weeks and then it goes away like most films. It wasn't, uh, yeah, yeah. wasn't generating the sort of lasting impact that, frankly, I expect from a film this good. Yeah, I think that's fair. Very good. Goodbye, 2011. Yeah. <laughs> and on to... Well, yeah, we'll see how that goes. On to the future. All right. Good night. Oh, I'm too high for this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.